What's up, everybody? It's another episode of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire Hustle. You can follow me on Instagram at Jevin.Lefave, on Twitter at JevinLefave. Find everything for the show at Left Side Heavy underscore on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I am going to start posting clips now, so just to get the show out there a bit more, but this episode, I brought on my Uncle Chris, a struggling Leafs fan at the moment, after that Game 7 upset by the Montreal Canadiens, so we talk all things NHL, PGA, the Brooks Bryson rivalry, we touch on some uh, some NFL with Julio Jones and where he's going to land, packed, packed episode, we did go a little long, so... You are an absolute trooper if you make it the whole episode and really appreciate that. But be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help grow the show. And as for this episode, I hope you guys enjoy the listen. And Tom, take us away. It's episode 38 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire Hustle. I'm your host, Jevin LaFave. Today, I have on my dear-hearted Uncle Chris, live from Cleveland, Ohio, previously in Florida, born and raised in Toronto, big fan of the semicolon. Uncle Chris, how are you doing tonight? Definitely. Thanks, Jev. Love being here, man. Doing good. Fresh off of the Montreal-Toronto game. Game seven. Yeah, yeah. Ready for the ready for the nuclear hot takes, buddy. <laughs> I'm excited to hear. Blow it up. <laughs> couldn't be more excited. But yeah, how have you uh, have you been lately? You know, it's been pretty tough. But how's kind of Cleveland been? In the Good. It's it's, it's a different world here, man. Like it's a different. It, it, it's a completely different mindset here regarding everything, right? Like you look at, you just look at the NHL games. I know we're going to be talking podcasts. We're going to be talking about the 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 uh, NHL games and whatnot that's going on, uh, and the crowds that are looking at like in the southern yeah. states and whatnot. But dude, it's like the pandemic doesn't doesn't exist here. Like I I went out to Lowe's today and like. 50 to 60% of people, no masks, you know, and it's like, it yeah. doesn't exist. it's kind of done. Right. So I get, there's a fatigue here. Uh, obviously a lot more people are vaccinated here than they are up there. So that, yeah. that's a long sort of story, but, uh, you know, it, it's been an interesting, uh, year and a bit. So looking forward to getting back to some normalcy on there on that, on that end. So, but I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw the uh, Indy 500, so if you saw the crowd that it looked like there, it was no. insane. There was a hundred thousand people there. Wow. It was nuts. It that's was crazy. Nuts. I, I could be wrong. My numbers could be off, but it's, that's just five hours away from me, man. Like that's down. Yeah. In so down 71 and over. Right. So it's, it's, it's pretty insane what, what it's like. So, uh, but yeah, everything's going all right. You know, adapting to, I work from home or I travel for work. So I haven't traveled as much in the past year, but everything's going all good. So if I start sobbing uncontrollably, you know, that, that'll explain how things are going. Right. <laughs> right? So. <laughs> yeah. To do with crowds and everything, you see the TD garden in Boston, you know, it's like full capacity. It's bumping. And then you look yeah. up in Toronto and they're like allowing 500 healthcare workers and yeah. Montreal has 1500 fans. And then in 
the states it's like 50 percent capacity it's a completely different world well it's even more than 50 yeah, yeah like i i wouldn't be shocked i wouldn't be shocked i i i know we're going to be doing second round predictions so i don't want to let the cat out of the bag but i wouldn't be shocked if the southern states whoever comes out of that one it's full arena it's yeah. it's oh 100 full rink so which yeah. is you know you can get into a, a discussion about that later but it but it's such a different mindset here than it is up north so but yeah it's, it's pretty nuts yeah it's it's gonna be crazy just to see the difference like any sort of back to normalcy is just awesome to see but yeah it's just gonna be so weird that we had it before and now we kind of forget what it's like to consistently have full arenas and now and everywhere be the same and once it fully returns it's just going to be electric yeah it's going to be electric it's even normal life man i think it's going to be weird just, yeah just getting out and going to the store and not seeing people wear masks or or i know or just it just have to be different as well and that's something when you look at it when you look in the rinks right think about yeah. it you go to a game you're going to have a couple pops you know not not that i drink beer or anything like that but yeah. you might end up going <laughs> along those lines yeah yeah they may forget your masks (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's not going to be such a big deal now you don't have to run back to your car and it's just going to be a normal thing you don't need it anymore but pretty much pretty much you uh you unfortunately got it no i did i did i had covid in late october so uh yeah it 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 kicked me in the teeth man i was in bed for two days so it was uh it was pretty harsh so i actually was really photosensitive so I actually couldn't even just veg on the couch and watch TV. I could listen to TV. So I actually had to turn over and turn away. I had all the main symptoms other than uh, the loss of taste or loss of smell. Didn't have any of that. So I was, oh, I was good, good on that front. But uh, yeah, my uh, it hurt to bend, bend over. Like I couldn't wow. bend over. I was so sore. Uh, as I said, headaches. So I was very light sensitive. I had a cough the first time, first couple of days. So all like the all the symptoms that you heard about i ended up having those and funny enough most of them actually returned after my first shot so i'm fully vaccinated now i've gotten i got the uh, dual dose pfizer and the first one that uh that i got it all kind of came back so really? other than yeah other than the, the light sensitive but i got a headache i i was sore i was tired like it was it all sort of came back after that first shot and actually i went to a wedding that night crazy enough oh. so i got the shot Went to a drive through clinic, dude. I got the shot while I was sitting in my car. Wow. I rolled into an old bus station where they set up <laughs> they, they, yeah. they, they, the, the hospital system here. There's a bunch of different companies that do it because it's obviously a different setup down here than it is up there. But uh, Metro Health set up a vaccination center, and it was in an old bus terminal, and you rolled through, and you got – you got the poke and you sat in the driveway for or in the parking lot for 15 minutes to say you feel fine. You're like, yep, and – you're off, right? Get your vaccination card and you're good to go. But, uh, yeah, I, I ended up having it that first one. Second one nurse said the one thing and one tip I'll give to all your listeners. If you do get, if you do get the vaccination, you do this, get the extra strength ad or extra strength Tylenol about six hours after your shot, pop a couple about seven hours after that, pop another couple, drink plenty of water and you're going to be cool. I didn't have a single issue after my second shot when I did that. Not one issue. That's awesome. Yeah, I got the I got my first shot uh, a couple weeks ago, and I just had a sore arm for about an hour, 
mm-hmm. small headache the next day, and then I was fine after that. So I'm just waiting. If it'll all probably come in Mike Tyson hook right to the face, my yeah. second time take, around. Take that extra strength Tylenol, buddy. Don't don't do aspirin. Just do the Tylenol, yeah. and you'll be all yeah. good. So yeah, just the Tylenol. Yeah, it's it's good to have it done. Yeah, it's good to get it For done. Sure. So it's nice that that's taken care of. So. For sure. So last episode with Matt Nelson, I was a dummy and the whole PGA world just completely flew over my head. So I really want to touch on it because what happened last week was absolutely incredible. Phil Mickelson won his sixth major, if I'm not mistaken, tying him 12th all time with Sir Arnold Palmer at 50 years old, oldest to win the major. Yeah, man. I, I'll be honest. I didn't think he had it in him to hold the lead, because he was was what was he leader after one or leader after two? Dude, he was the whole weekend, he, man. Yeah, it was whole awesome. Weekend, that was the, that's was, what made that's what made the whole thing amazing. It was that he was leading yeah. from. That's what made it better than him making a charge up the bat on the last day, right? It yeah, was, from day one, it was wicked. Yeah, because he got uh, basically grandfathered into the tournament. I I forget the term that they used but he got honorary exemption or something like that or he wasn't even supposed to be in because he's ranked like 120 or something like that in the world right now and then he just got honorary exemption and then he goes out and wins the fucking thing it's absolutely incredible you know brooks kapka he had just a unfortunate day but i thought brooks i was like i after phil made bogey on one and brooks made uh birdie on one uh, it went to a one-stroke lead. It's like this could, yeah, or like Phil Brooks took it, the man. lead, or yeah. yeah. I was Phil, like, Phil Brooks could do it. Like, but but Phil won it. Like again, I think we get yeah. we 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 forget how good Phil is there, right? Like yeah. He's still, on any given any given Sunday, I guess, right? He used that football, but you know, any given Sunday, he could hold it out. The guy knows he's a champion, right? Yeah. Champion pedigree. We're we're gonna be talking about the playoffs and that going on and. He's got it, man. He 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 knows what needs to be done, and he held on, right? So I think this was definitely not about uh, a massive shart on Kepka's uh, hands, but it's more so how good Phil was there, and it was great yeah. to see him be able to do to do that. I think the best part of seeing it is looking at what Phil looks like at fifty. Oh my gosh! What, compared to what Jack looked like at yeah. forty-six, like Jack Phil looks looked incredible. Like he was, Oh, he looks awesome. There's that one shot of him standing and you could tell he looks like Mr. Perfect, right? From (laughs) from the WWE back in the day. Like he's just got the aviators on the KPMG bucket going and just showing it off. He's just living the life, man. He's, he's just looking like he's going to survey the crowd and go, how many people want to bet me a hundred bucks? I can hit it on the green right here. Right. Yeah. Oozing confidence, but completely different from, from those old players. Right. Like For sure. Trevino and all that back in the day, just so different. And as I said, Jack, when he went at 46, it's, it's Jack looks like he was getting ready to, to, to tie it up. The boiler was hanging over the, the pants, <laughs> you know, he was <laughs> just ready to go. So. No, cause you see how Phil is with the fans and he's like a man of the people and seeing right. it, like he was saying, he's like, I knew it was possible, but I never thought it would happen. And mm-hmm. he, just the image seeing him hold up the PGA Championship trophy is it's incredible and it's so good for the game in golf when oh, yeah. the guys like Tiger, Phil, even like 
Jim Ferrix some odd Sunday, like him making a charge, like any of like the older guys seeing Lee Westwood, he was kind of doing, he was on a charge not too long ago. Just seeing the older guys doing yeah. well is incredible for just the game of golf. Cause even for the newcomers or the new fans and for the PGA and stuff like that, they might have not seen these guys excellence and not, may not know too much about them and then seeing them come back. And then obviously you see the history of yeah. all of the, uh, winnings that they um have done and it's just it's incredible it's incredible yeah. well even even just a little while ago weirzy coming back up for the canadian side right like just the interest that it pulls in for the canadian yeah. one canadian that's won the masters get him back sure. up some nostalgia you know you get father and son talking father and daughter talking or mom and son mom and daughter talking about the old things go man i remember when this guy won the masters man you used to see me it was just like it just really brings some nostalgia back but the one thing it does with golf too is I think it it helps promote the sport and it's a sport that really oh. needs now. It's getting it's been crippled by a bit of the economic downturn that's kind of occurred in some spots. Um, it's very much seen as an elitist sport, which makes it difficult. There's been there hasn't been the drive like there was in the Tiger years, where people just all wanted to play golf because Tiger was this rock star that nobody saw before. Yeah. Uh, but you need to be able to show that it's potentially a sport that you can play throughout your life, which helps out, right? Like it's something else that, you know, you can go play with your buds on Saturday, Sunday, you can go out with your grandpa, man, and knock it yeah. around. Like there ain't, exactly. it ain't like, there ain't too many sports that are like that, right? You know, it, I know. it's one of those ones that you can do, which I think can definitely help it out moving forward. And it is definitely fun to see. So shout out to Phil, man of the people. And speaking of promotion, and promoting the game, impacting the game. Brooks versus Bryson. Now, this is exactly what this sport needs. Along with the old guys winning, you need some rivalries. And the Brooks versus Bryson is what every is what everybody wants. Oh yeah. In this sport. It's a chef's it is kiss, man. Amazing. It's yeah. a chef's kiss. It's it's funny. It's a great bleed to go from Phil over to this to this rivalry yeah. this budding rivalry because you because remember you had phil versus tiger right that yeah, was the exactly. big one you, and you had phil versus tiger people right you had or you yeah. had phil people and you had tiger people and i think you're going to end up having bryson people and you're going to have uh, brooks you, people you're going to have the yeah. brooks people right you're going to have the guys that that are the jocks and the athletes and all that kind of stuff which is kind of like the brooks group and then you're going to have these guys that are the nerds and the, the, so to speak, hate to use that kind of term in a way because it sounds negative, but um, not necessarily the athletic guy, but also having the, this breakdown uh, of the game in a way that you're focusing on analytics almost in a way, right? And it's just two completely opposite dudes in the way that they play. And, and if I were the PGA, they would be paired Every week, every (laughs) week, every week off the first tees, they are the first group out every week, every week. For sure. It would just be awesome. And you would be telling Bryson, you better be wearing those metal spikes and you are walking on the concrete as much as possible. (laughs) So for people who don't know, Brooks, after Saturday's round, I believe after the third round, Brooks is just doing a standard interview about kind of what he saw out there, how he felt, 
he said putting was kind of tough and like he doesn't know what other people's been saying and as he's saying this lo and behold bryson d shambeau with his metal spikes is walking along the cart path and i believe if i'm not mistaken he mutters the words you just got to put it on the right line brooksy i'm pretty sure that's what he says and then as soon as those words leave his mouth brooks with the ultimate eye roll of all eye rolls takes a deep breath and he's like i just can't stand this this bullshit or whatever it is and all hell breaks loose on twitter bryson's responding to it's nice to be in your head rent free it's yeah. Give me the popcorn. Give me the popcorn. I'm ready to sit back and just enjoy all hell breaking loose. This is it's awesome. Yeah, I, I didn't hear the line. Um, I thought it was more so that that uh that Brooks was doing the interview and yeah. he heard he heard Bryson walking. And yeah. because spikes aren't used by most guys, he knows who it is and it just already eats away at him that he yeah. just had this massive eye roll like there, there there's this gif out there of, of the rock doing the eye roll yeah. way back in the day yeah. where it's just this exaggerated eye roll like yeah. i felt like that was almost what we were going to see out of brooks on that end it, it, it was absolutely beautiful it was a chef's kiss moment you, you got to think that the tv producers when they saw that were just high-fiving each other's and doing backflips in the yeah. truck when they that because of how good it was and all the setup that's going to go the golf network now has just hours upon hours of of talking points they can go for yeah. right so i thought that's what it was and the funniest part of it i think too is that the fact that brooks wasn't looking and and again if he said something that's something different but i think the best part of it too is if you you necessarily you couldn't hear it when when brooks was doing the interview but you saw the hat walk by as you heard the Clydesdale in the yeah. background walking, right? And you knew there was only one dude wearing a hat like that. So you knew exactly who it was, you know, who the eye roll was for, you know, all. So it was just fantastic. And it, it, they got to exploit this. They just oh, have 100%. to as much as possible. So this continues because not too long after the film, the match, I'm pretty sure this is like the third one they're promoting as the match. They had... Phil Tiger and then yep. Phil and the Brady yep. versus um, Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods. And now this one, I yep. think it's happening July 6th, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, or yep. July. Yep, first week they July got is happening. Yeah. Mickelson and Brady versus DeChambeau and Rogers. Mm-hmm. And who comes out of the clouds? Brooks Kepka tweets, sorry, bro, at Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that's, it, that, that's fireworks it's a great it's just yeah. fantastic it's 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 awesome it's awesome fireworks and then bryson responds to that he says it's nice ha- it's nice to be in your head rent free right and then there's a brooks claps back he tweets a photo of i believe it's the pga practice round and as soon as Bryson tees off, you just hear a fan say, uh, way to go, Brooksy. And DeChambeau turns around. And he's like, call me Brooksy one more time and you're out of here. So it's just, you got Phil responding. He's like, whatever this is, I shouldn't be in the middle of it. You see Justin right. Thomas tweeting a popcorn eating Jeff. You see everyone saying, like, everyone is into this. It, and should, have, it should have been Brooks in that. Yeah. And honestly, as much as fun as Phil is, 
the the rivalry for that is going to be yeah. at Brady and Rogers. That's oh, what it's yeah. it's going to be. Just watching those two guys talk shit about everything. Like that's for that's sure. Be the best part, the Brooks Phil thing, or not the Brooks the the Bryson Phil thing. I just I don't get why you would do those two. Yeah, that one I'm kind of lost on. Bry- I get Bryson's kind of random. Like it's very random to put him in this foursome. I, I don't I don't foresee him as the riverboat gambler who's going to be like, dude, I'll bet you two sheets that uh, yeah. that, that we're that, that, that I hit it on the green here. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's not going to throw down a bet. It's not going to be like Caddyshack yeah. where they're sitting at the back, go double or nothing, and then they go for it, right? So I just don't see it with him. I, I get that he's a draw because of like the massive drive and you know the end his he brings out the range finder and all that kind of shit, right? But I just don't see the matchup as much of a draw between those two, between the golfers, as much as the NFL players. For you know, sure. I think that's what's going to help out, right? And especially all the drama that's going on with Aaron Rodgers right now. I know we're not yeah. really going to get into him, but he's that, that, that's just yeah. a gong show. Right oh, now. yeah. Cause you see, Brady, he was also making memes about this whole thing. I don't know if you saw them, but you say, like, putting words over each player and he's just, Aaron Rodgers was over Brooks and then with the eye rolling and then Bryson walking behind him is kicking a field goal down eight or whatever with three minutes left. It's just, and it was me making memes and it was like Bryson and Aaron Rodgers as Brooks and it was Brady was on a tear on Twitter and he, he was just bringing more attention to this whole match thing. And you got to think that the player impact program that the PGA um started at the or put into effect at the start of this year basically 15 million dollars between the top five golfers who bring in the most ratings through social media or whatever Mm -hmm. so you got to assume that this brooks bryson thing has been slightly impacted by that you gotta i think you gotta think so it's going to be very interesting to see how this all unfolds, and I'm here for every second of it. Oh, it's going to be it, it's going to be great. And I I could foresee definitely those two having one of these specialty ones down the road, yeah. and then I I could see them branching out into other sports. For yeah, sure. Like, see if you wait, try and find a rivalry in baseball and bring somebody in. You know, and and I know we're we're hockey centric, we're Canadian boys, we love it. Dude, man, bring in a couple Canadian players. Oh, man. for sure. Like that would be like typically these boys know how to play golf. Like yeah. they're they're they, you, these guys are good players for the most part, right? So bring those boys in as part of it, right? And just get a rivalry going on, and it would just be phenomenal to sort of watch. And in hundred percent, yeah, they're always fun. So I think it's a really smart one that they're doing that way to to promote the game for just getting eyeballs on thing, and as you said, uh, getting Twitter and what and Instagram going. Yeah, you know, do a uh, Ryan Reeves, Evander Kane, and Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks oh, Kepka. Good lord, well, <laughs> Ryan, you know, Evander Kane won't be able to qualify. He's got no money, right? Yeah, Kane. seriously, he won't be able to make any bets, right? So he'll yeah. he'll be writing IOUs. So I don't know yeah. if that'll go well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, transitioning from golf into the NFL, just a quick note. Obviously, headlines of this has been a thing since March. Julio once out and it was made official through the undisputed program with Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. Shannon Sharp calls him live on air. This could be a, 
completely set up for TV ratings and stuff like that. But otherwise, I think it's a complete scumbag move by Shannon Sharp to do this. Not telling him he's on air mm-hmm. while on the phone call. Doesn't matter if Julio should assume he's on air. This is something you need to like put in discretion, put on the table. Hey, Julio, you're live on Undisputed. What's up? He asks him if he's coming back to Atlanta or if he wants to go to Dallas because that photo leaked of him in the Dallas Cowboys sweater, and he says, no, I'm out of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So news breaks right there. Was it set up? I wouldn't be surprised if it was, but also it sounded very candid, and I think it was a pretty scummy move by Shannon Sharp to kind of throw him under the bus like that. Yeah, if he didn't know that he was going to be recorded, it's pretty harsh, right? Yeah. I, I still think that that you have to watch yourself and knowing that you're just sure. Sharp is not a former player. He's media now. Yeah. Just realize. He is a, he, look at who he's sitting across every day. Yeah. Like one of the biggest POSs in, in all <laughs> of the sports. Like the guys just, it just, Skip Bayless yeah. is just, he's, he's just, I can't words can't describe how how just slithery and slimy that guy is, right? Yeah. So I don't I don't think that was good. I I am surprised that he wants out of Atlanta. Um, uh, you know, I don't know why you would want out when now you're you know defenses are gonna have another target that they definitely have to pay attention to. Yeah. In, in Kyle Pitts coming up. Like it, it, in all honesty, I know I'm a Gator fan. I'm a Gator fan. So from living in Florida, and I know this has a bit of a Homer statement to it, but if tight ends were valued at the same level that a QB was, Pitts would have been the first overall pick. He's that yeah. good. Like he is the Gator. If you watched the Gators last year, that guy was just, he, it was a completely different team when he was on the field. He yeah. was just insane. So I don't know why you wouldn't want to play with that guy. Cause now you have another counterpart and, mm. and you know, it's kind of like having a great slot receiver, but now you have got mm. a tight end who's even basically bigger and going to be able to catch more. Right. And the game's yeah. gone that way. Right. You look at Kelsey and whatnot that, that have been there. Um, I don't know where he's going to go though. Like I I've seen a lot of things talking about the Patriots talking about the Niners, yeah. you know, uh, I think I've seen the Ravens, the, the Tennessee Titans seem to be a really big one. Um, you know, Tied- I could yeah. The Titans are the favorites to land Julio. That that's what I've seen. I could see Julio wanting to go to the Patriots for one reason, and, and this sounds weird. It has nothing to do with Belichick. Has nothing to do with McDaniel's or anything like that. The quarterback there now is Mac Jones. Where did Mac Jones go to college? Alabama. Where did Jones go to college? Bama. These guys are always together, and if he thinks that he can help. Alabama quarterback get his core get his career going and he still thinks he's good enough to do it. I don't see why he might not do. It. I I would say the Patriots are a pretty ha, have a definitely a good shot to do it. Um, and you know I think Atlanta if they're trading him maybe be a bit uh, bit snarky and send him to a place where it's snowy in the winter so he's a bit cold. Yeah, it's just a matter if they're going to want to send him to the Patriots after that twenty eight to three. Come back in the Super Bowl. That's a good point. That's <laughs> a good point. That's a kick that, of the pills right yeah. there. <laughs> that Mac Jones take is interesting because I think I heard the reason that he might want to go to the Patriots is because he's tight with Cam Newton. But also, 
it wouldn't make sense because Cam Newton's on a one-year deal and he's probably not going to be on the team next year. But like the Alabama relationship, I can understand. Except the years they didn't, they were never in sync. Oh no, I'm not saying they were together. This is like a pure like they support each other. It's just a weird thing. College ball is just a weird thing down here in colleges. But also, yeah, go for it, man. Belichick and Saban are like tight. So so. Saving part of his tree. Yeah, they kind of feed off of each other. So Julio's like, I played with Saban. Belichick could possibly run the same ship. Mm -hmm. But also, Julio, I don't know how much control he has. And I think Titans have more to give up and more interesting pieces than the Patriots do. So it's just going to be a matter of what Atlanta wants. Yeah, I haven't paid attention to really the, the pieces that the Titans have. I'm just trying to see where it fits. And and the NFL yeah. is such a different game because players have so much control over where yeah. they kind of go. Like the guys are not scared to sit out. My biggest worry if I were if I were gonna grab Julio is are you going to get a Terrell Owens like person that still has a lot of miles to run? Or or a Randy Moss that still has a lot of miles to run, or are you going to get the wideout that is moving to his second location and just doesn't have it anymore? Yeah. You know, is he done? Like Julio's played a shit ton of football, and that guy has been injured the past few years several times, right? And yeah. you know, the injury bug, man. Like you hate to sort of bring it up, but is it the uh, is it the is it the Joffrey Lupul sort of hockey thing where the guy gets breathed on the wrong way and now all of a sudden he has a broken clavicle? Like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I know that's kind of looking at it as a in a uh, in a hockey sense, but who knows, right? Like, it's a uh, yeah. it, it, it's going to be interesting. You know, the NFL is going to have some fireworks coming soon. Yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about his injuries because yeah, he misses a game here and there, but he's never missed like half a season or like a full season. If he sits out with like a sore foot, then he's never. He's a specimen. Yeah, he plays through a lot of injuries and it's just he never gets any red zone targets, but he puts up like 1,400 yards every year. So, like, Mm -hmm. the production is still there. So, he never got red zone looks. Yeah. And I think that's just like them going to the tight ends or Calvin Ridley, just a quick slant or whatever. But it's going to be interesting to follow Julio and where he lands. But. Yeah, that's really all the NFL talk I kind of have. Switching into hockey, uh, some unfortunate uh, reports came out about Ethan Bear receiving some racial criticism, I should say, over social media after the Triple OT loss of Winnipeg ending their season. Ethan John, uh, Ethan Bear. I don't know if it was a turnover. He was a part of the bad line change, but I don't even I wouldn't even consider it a bad line change because who wouldn't change when the best player in the world is entering the offensive zone? You aren't really anticipating him turning it over yeah. and then quickly going the other way. I didn't see a problem with anything he did and what he did is in no way of deserving of what he received over social media. Well, it, it, first and foremost, it's gross. Like, yeah. It's gross. It's just, it's, it's gross. Like 
Uh, and everybody listening to the podcast, again, all the majority of your listeners are in Canada. So we, we heard about the absolute tragedy that occurred in Kamloops. They ended up finding those 215 Indigenous students that were buried um, at that Indigenous school, which is just yeah. gut-wrenching. Oh, um, for sure. And for this to occur, uh, it, it's... When I thought about it, like, I, I know we talked about this before really briefly and we texted back and forth. I kind of gave some thought to it and, and a lot's happened in the U.S. in the past year, right? Yeah. So we had a huge issue with George Floyd, right? And you had a massive presence from NBA players and baseball players, anybody. Hockey even got into it. Football was big into it. You know, we had the kneeling going on. Yeah. What do we constantly hear from fans? Keep politics out of sports. Keep this out of sports. You want to know why these guys do this? You want to know why they bring this up? It's because of this. Because we have boneheads that still have these views. Scumbags. It's just disgusting to state. It, It is absolutely awful to do that. And that those people that have those thoughts or have those feelings should be unbelievable, unbelievably embarrassed that they even sure. It's it's absolutely disgusting to have that and. You know, I, the support that you've seen, like I saw that there was a oh. rally around Rogers arena or whatever it's called in, in Edmonton of just the outpouring of support for the guy, you know, like th- this guy really should be held up to a, to, to a higher standard. Like it's pretty for impressive sure. that this dude is in the NHL coming where he came from. Like, I know it's, I know we shouldn't be playing race cards, whatnot in it, but it is impressive, man. We, we don't yeah. see that a lot, right? Like this, no, is, you don't see it often at all. Yeah. And, and I think it's just awful that you had this situation occur and, and it kind of pieces even into the NBA playoffs now, right? You had this whole situation, the Kyrie coming back to Boston, making some comments about Boston. And I I've been to Boston several times. I don't want to kind of cast aspersions at, at everybody that lived there. But, uh, if you ever listen to Michael Wilbon, he's made comments about walking in, uh, in the Boston gardens and what you hear at points, Kyrie got a water bottle thrown at his head yesterday, yeah. right? Like this is, this is here, man. It's awful. And, and it needs to leave. It needs to go. This yeah. is it's disgusting and it shouldn't be around here anymore. It, it's absolutely awful. I don't know what else you can really say other than it's gross. Right. Yeah. It's in no way is any player or any person deserving of any sort of racial injustice acted towards them. Like it is a free, at the end of the day, it's a freaking game. Get over it. You're going to get another chance next year. He is... get If you're going to get mad at anyone, get mad at your star player who just turned it over in the offensive zone knowing he has no help behind him. The fact that Ethan Bear is getting any sort of criticism towards him is utterly disgraceful. And the climb that this kid has made I'm calling him a kid and like he's yeah. older than me, but but <laughs> <laughs> he has worked his bag off to get to the point where he is today. He is more deserving to be in this spot than anyone in this freaking league. Like he wasn't supposed to be on the team two years ago and he's grinded through training camp, made it as a seventh defenseman, mm-hmm. cracked the top six. Now he's a top four mm-hmm. defenseman in the NHL as an Absolutely. indigenous person. He's defeated all odds. And the fact that he turns the puck over or makes a quote-unquote bad line change and he gets racial slurs 
acted towards him. It's unbelievably horrific and needs you to wish be you were past washed it, right? away. Yeah. Yeah. You, you wish you were past it. Like they, I can say he's a kid cause I'm 41. So I'm allowed to say that. So, <laughs> but this kid, I heard it, I heard his speech after just talking about it. And, and I got to tell you, man, that he was level headed hats off oh, to him, man. Like it's, yeah. it's awful. And you know, I don't want to say he did the, he, he isn't where he's at it, because he, he didn't overcome being indigenous. So I just want to make sure that's clear for everybody to understand. Neither of us are saying that he overcame being indigenous. That's not it. It's the challenges of being indigenous in addition to all the trials and tribulations to become an NHL player and become a top four defenseman. You got to give hats off to this guy. Cause you know, this isn't the first time he's heard this stuff and yeah. the attention that he has brought to the struggles that have occurred within ind- indigenous people and whatnot, or just bringing it back to attention and bringing it back to light, which is sorely needed. It really needs to still be thought of and known. Like the Jersey is awesome as anything, man. Like that is yeah. cool as shit. What they brought out the Oilers hats off for them doing that, man. Like I think I thought it would be even cool if they just let them wear that throughout the year. Who cares? Let them wear that. Yeah, throughout with the, the year. That would be awesome. Yeah. With the yeah, native, the his, yeah, his, the letter and stuff. I yeah. don't know what it's called, so forgive me. But yeah, I know exactly what you're talking It was so cool. So Absolutely. cool. Yeah, and, and, it, and it would just, the questions that would come up, you let that guy do that, right? So th- as stupid as this sounds, so, so think about it this way. Kid goes to a game, and when everything returns to normal, Ethan Bear's playing in freaking Carolina. Rolls out, and a, and a kid in Carolina goes and looks at his jersey and goes, what's that? And the dad goes, I don't know. So they look it up and they grab their iPhone and they pop on and search and go, oh, okay, that's what it is. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Now they've learned something new yeah. and they've expanded their mind. So it's these little things. I get people love tradition. I understand it. I get it. But guess what? Just because we're evolving doesn't mean we're going in the wrong direction, man. Like it, it's good to bring these yeah. things to view at points. And it gives players and people like his, in a, is it, tribe is that the correct term or yeah, i guess um, it's nation i don't know if you would nation, say nation nation would it be that's nation? Yeah. that's the correct term but native kids and stuff it gives them hope right mm-hmm. like people people like tutu um i don't know if scott gomez was indigenous he was, but, Al- he was from he was from alaska I know yeah that. he I was from alaska was i'm not 100 percent sure if he's um indigenous but yeah like ethan bear it just gives younger kids hope and it helps grow the game in so many positive directions and to well, see just Carey people price, online right? yeah exactly carry price is is what is his grandmother or his mom i can't yeah. remember somebody in his family's he is indigenous as well and he definitely has the big presence he's from yeah. dc isn't he originally out there yeah. and so i think that Anaheim, he Anaheim Lake or something like that's yeah. up north. Yeah. So he does that. He does that. He does, again, it does promote that and allows it to grow in that, in that, uh, For sure. that group, uh, in that nation and, and not even just the, his, his singular nation. It, it grows for all within that, within the indigenous population. Right. So, yeah, you know, it, it's a good thing for sure to move in that direction. Yeah. So yeah, Ethan bear, he was extremely level-headed and to see the support from his girlfriend and teammates and all around the nhl it's amazing to see the support but it's just i really hope every those people who said those horrific comments really take a look in the mirror and see what impact they've done 
and made obviously negatively but they made an impact that should not have been done and it's just i really hope that it's all in the past and it never happens again because it's it's terrible to see especially in 2021 there's no way it should be happening right now but absolutely on to another uh on to more nhl news uh seth jones has informed columbus that he is not intending to re-sign he is has one year left on his deal at five and a half mil what's the buzz like in ohio right now as you are somewhat in the middle not necessarily in columbus but you are just outside of cleveland yeah but what's ohio content baby ohio content um i have not been able to talk to anybody about uh about seth jones and the situation um when i listen to some sport ra- sports radio after it there hasn't really been any talk about it because the indians are playing now browns are dominating they're talking about julio and everything else that's going on basketball yeah. playoffs are on so that that seems to be the focus right now uh i know from talking to them there it's a beat down fa- fan base right now right you know everybody wants out you know you you, you got Pierre-Luc Dubois wanted out, you know, you, you Panera, got Panarin left, Bob yeah. left, you know. So, and I know a lot of people pointed to torts and I don't know if it's torts and, and I don't think it's the city. Like I'm not a massive Columbus fan. Um, it's a college town. So if you want to go, yeah. it's college town. Like it's Buckeyes 24 seven. Like that's what it is. Uh, but it's a nice city. It, it's got a lot. It's affordable. Like there's enough there if you want it. Right. Um, I don't know what it is. And and I think it's a mystery as to what the hell's going on. I know John Davidson just came back. So is that going to help solve things? Uh, is that yeah. going to help bring things in back? If I were, if I were Columbus, I would, this would start the rebuild. Yeah, like, for sure. And I'm going to say, like, a spicy hot take for you right now, spicy hot take would be dump Jones and dump Wierenski. Just just nuclear it. Just, yeah. just scorched earth. They are both at their peak value, yeah. especially Wierenski. Just don't, don't keep Wierenski on during a rebuild. You're going to waste three to four years of this guy. It's not worth it. It just isn't, um, you know, so I, I think that that would be where it's at. And they've got three first round picks this year. Granted, this draft isn't really the, the draft you want to have three first round picks. in. from what I understand, it seems to be next year is the one you want that in. But is that where you could potentially get those picks for Seth Jones and Wierenski and load up that way? And hopefully yeah. your build comes three to four years down the road. I don't know. Yeah, because you have to think they have to get rid of Seth Jones this summer because there's no point holding on to him. You can't do Bob. You, you, you can't do Bob and you can't do Panarin. You can't do yeah. those again. You, you, you can't, you can't hold on like the, the Columbus fans deserve that. And granted it's a, they're a decent fan base. Like there is a lot of hockey in in Ohio, as weird as it sounds like college hockey is pretty big, but it's just not as present in, in, in certain spots. I, they did deserve that. I do think they they need to roll into a, uh, they unfortunately had some bad breaks and weren't able to pull through. And, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see even what happened to the line a there. For you know? sure. 
five. For sure. So yeah, something definitely to keep tabs on because Seth Jones, he's like he's a Norris can he's a Norris caliber uh, defenseman. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Probably a couple oh, he's gonna be wanted. team. Tampa's somehow gonna pull him for Dennis Savard and two first round picks somehow or some oh, shit he, like that. It's no, gonna, man, he's he's they're gonna convince him to be injured and then they'll bring yeah. him on in the playoffs. So then they'll be able to play twenty five million dollars over the cap. So yeah. that's all <laughs> but uh minor news, this is a Canucks podcast. So big news. Uh Canucks sign top prospect, Vasily. Pod Colson after drafting him 10th overall in 2019. He finished his two year contract in Russia. Not even going to attempt to say what team he's on, but you know, he was a youngster playing against pros. He, I believe, he had like 13 playoff points in 16 games. So, you know, he was doing the best he can. His first year, he had very, very limited ice. He was playing like five minutes a game. So it's kind of hard to see have any sort of opinion on what to look forward to but he's a player that can do anything you need he's physical he's got fire in him he's got a bunch of skill he's got a heavy shot he can hit he's everything you want in a player he was a top five talent in his draft year but i think the two-year contract he signed prior to the draft really took him down a few spots and jim benning i mean Another player that fell to him, he said he's like, the player we were going to draft at 10 was going to be waiting probably one to two years anyway, so may as well get a top five talent and then just bring him over when his contract's done. So it was an absolute steal at 10, but yeah, it's exciting to see. Yeah, um, it's it's, it's good future. for you on, on that end. You speak, you're absolutely correct that it's he's not going to solve your problems in year one. When you're drafting yeah. him at 10, like yeah. I would even say it, it's it's aggressive to say in two years at that point. You're yeah. you're probably thinking three, four years down the road until you have something of an impact, right? You may yeah. see him in two years, but he's probably not gonna be a star in two years. Yeah. Like I, I I'm if I were a Canucks fan seeing where it's at, I'm definitely hoping I get something like a Panarin coming out of this. Can he can he evolve as to that kind of player coming from the yeah. KHL over here? More so than like a Barabanov, which the Leafs handed off and now he re-signed granted bear banoff still in the nhl but he ain't it isn't like first round talent sort of deal yeah and the fact that this guy was top five i think it gives a lot of hope to the the canuck fan base which is good yeah because yeah, there's a clip of him in world juniors and we won't go much longer but he i'm pretty sure it was gold medal game or bronze medal game against whatever team but he was captain of the team. He brought the team around in a circle and he was he was vocal. He was being assertive. He was trying to get the team going. So it's good to see that type of fire coming to the team. And he's not some sort of quiet Russian who just sits back and pouts or mm-hmm. is just if he's having a bad game, whatever. If he's not producing, he's the type of player he's like, hey, fine, I'll go and piss someone off in front of the net and I'll just jab at the goalie after the whistle and cause a ruckus. I'll go and hit. I'll mind you, he might get a few penalties. He's like, I don't give a fuck. I'll spear you, whatever. Like he'll just he's a he's one of the players that you hate to he's gonna be hate you'll hate to play against him, but you'll love him on your team. So yeah. I'm excited to see what he'll bring to the team and hopefully it's some yeah. physicality that we've been missing this whole time. But 
the NHL playoffs. And round one has officially concluded, and we are recording night of Game 7, Toronto-Montreal. Uncle Chris, mm-hmm. the, floor, the floor is yours. And Nuclear people, hot take time. I, I'm going to timestamp this. If anybody just wants to fast forward to this, it's gonna get it's gonna get crazy. So take it away. So yeah, so so everybody knows Leafs lost in and in a series that sh- should not have gone more than five games. Let's face it; it, it is I, yeah they sh- they should have beaten beaten the living piss out of the Canadians. Like it was astonishing and in all honesty there's no one to blame but themselves you you can't i i know you, there, there, there's people that love to say oh the refing the ref got us it granted yeah i i, I might talk about that later i'm it is what it is but you know what when you have one goal between two guys that are making nearly 22 sheets a year that's not good enough no. and, and it is there, there's just a problem here, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a culture problem within the entire organization. Uh, is it a fact that they put profits over over actual people because MLSE is a company? They're not an individual who wants to win driving it forward. So is that what the issue is? And then you have the players that are acting this way. And, and no slag to, to everybody that's in the generation, but there's such a different mentality, right? Like these guys, they cared about getting, getting their money first. And and in all honesty, watching the games, it just didn't seem like they gave a fucking shit. They did not have any drive. There was no reason to fight through it. I don't care what you say. Philip Deneau, he's good. He is not that fucking good. Like he is, he is not fucking Patrice Bergeron. He is not going to be able to erase you. He is not the magic man. He is not Pavel Datsuk that is going to erase you in a game. Like, I'm sorry. Matthews, you scored fucking 41 goals. You should be potting at least a goal every second game. Period. Don't give me this shit that, oh, it's Carey Price. I don't care. You scored on him like it was like no one's business during the year. And in all honesty, Marner was probably the biggest upset, biggest. Yeah. He, that guy, I would not be shocked if he's gone. And I honestly don't even think that it will. It, it, I could see it being a a mutual parting of ways because that guy is getting torched in Toronto right now. He is just he's played like garbage. You know, he held out during his contract negotiations, and it was just brutal. Um, he wanted his money. None of these guys. We, we're, we're talking about McKinnon, right? We 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 love talking about McKinnon. McKinnon's making what six, six two five, whatever it is, right? And and he said he'd take and he said he'd take less on his next contract to bring back other guys, right? And what did Crosby always do? Crosby always took under market value, right? Yeah. You know, look at the Bruins. The Bruins were supposed to be fucking hot garbage this year, and look at them. Now, granted, they lost in overtime tonight, but still, they're still pretty damn good. What? Look at Patrice Bergeron. Look at Marchand. Look at Pasternak. Like They're making like Chris, 18, 18, 19 mil between the three of them. Oh, it's insane, right? And, and that's a but they want to win. There's a drive there. These guys don't have it. This Toronto team, I don't know what it is. 
I, I don't know. You can't point at Jack Campbell. His first goal tonight was was that was that that was a beer league, that was yeah. a beer league biscuit between the wickets, man. That was not a good goal that he gave up to Brendan Gallagher. But I would not point it to him because you look at the numbers. Carey Price outplayed him because Carey Price made more spectacular saves. Period. Price was the MVP in that series. But you can't sit there and go the, the goalie stole the series. They didn't. That wasn't it at all. It was they just had no heart. They, they were they were shit. Don't point to Tavares got hurt. I'm sorry. You were still more talented than Montreal. For sure. Period. If you like, if you have Marner making over ten, Matthews making over ten, Neilander making like seven and a half. You Neilander did his fucking job. He got five goals in seven games. He, he did, was great. He, yeah, he was great. Matthews and Marner, one goal between the two of you. Brutal. Get your shit together. You want to make $10 million a year? Produce in the playoffs. Okay? Mm -hmm. I don't care. And you can't relate it to McDavid because McDavid has Dreisaitl, and that's about it. And they got four points in four games. Mind you, it was a little inflated because they had zero in the first two. But Matthews, Marner, you guys had fucking help. You guys had players who were producing Mm -hmm. going into the playoffs and who should have been doing their job. They got Felino for a playoff run, not for yeah. seven games and a blown 3-1 series lead. You guys got to do your freaking job. And, yeah. like, I agree with you. Don't blame this on Tavares because you guys should, without Tavares, you guys are heavily oh, better were, yeah. and more talented than And you guys had the heaviness to compete and, like, be more physical and... You just simply weren't. And tr- Montreal, they probably played their best fucking game of the season when it mattered in game yep. seven. They didn't let any power play entry into the zone. Mind you, yeah, you're going to give up chances and whatever. That's the game of hockey. Every team gives up chances, but they shut Matthews down. They got in their grill. They kept the puck low in the Toronto zone. They made breakouts tough. They stopped. They their gaps were insane. They played the best game I've seen them play. And to top it yeah. off, Carey Price was on tonight. Oh, he was best game, best game of the series. Uh, I, I have to give so, it to Montreal. They played. They they did exactly what they needed to do. Yeah. There was. They did not do. They played the exact game. If you said going into this series, what does Montreal have to do? And basically it said, become the 93 Devils, 94 Devils. That's what they did. Like it was an unbelievably boring hockey game. It sucked. And it went absolutely against what the Leafs did. But you know what? The Leafs are getting paid a shit ton of money. They need to figure out how to get around it. Yeah. And, and to cry about it and say, oh, this isn't fair. And I, and I know we might get to the refing is a bit different and all this stuff. Dude, go back and watch fucking highlights of Mario and Yager back in the mid-90s. They would have 20 penalties against them on one shift and still put it up, top cheddar, done. Yeah. They'd you know, be like tackled they, they, and they'd still make a play. Like, like, Yeah, and it was like it's it's – the refing is one thing, but the Leafs just didn't show up. There's yeah. no – and – I don't know what you can do. You brought in Wayne Simmons for heart. You brought in Joe Thornton for heart. Like for fuck's sakes, Spezza was the best fucking guy on the ice for the Leafs in this yeah. series. The guy's yeah. making 700K a year. Yeah. He was on fucking he was, waivers. I was just he was on say, waivers he was at one yeah. point. 
He was waived because of fucking they had the shuffling they had to do. Like this group, Marner and Matthews should be fucking ashamed. And this yeah. honestly just it reiterates to me why guaranteed contracts are horseshit in the NHL. Cause this this shouldn't be there. This is where I kind of like the the way that it works in the N and the NFL. That you don't perform, you don't keep it. You don't get it. They cut you, right? But I don't think it would ever get to that at that level. The other thing I don't like, and, and I'm going to go on an ops way, I really don't like the salary cap either because I don't think this should be a concern. We shouldn't care about what they played. Like I should just be commenting on just absolutely how shit they were. <laughs> you know, yeah. it isn't. They were just, they were terrible. Like it, this isn't even, they made 10 million, 10.5 or 11 or whatever it is. They just sucked. Like yeah. Marner sucked. Like yeah. Matthews, I wouldn't say Matthews sucked, but he wasn't good. It yeah. wasn't like I watched the ice and went, wow, he dominated. Like he was blah, you know, yeah. like it just wasn't good. And, and the one thing I think that's going to happen is nothing. Nothing's going to happen. I think that Dubis is going to look back at things and he's going to Dubis go, did his fucking job. I Dubis don't see what, what else could he do. Could. <laughs> what else could you do? You you he go traded, out and you got the forward yeah. that you should get. Like they shouldn't have gotten Hall. Where the fuck's Hall going to play? Right? He's yeah. not the kind of forward you need. Felino right? is yeah. the perfect player they needed. And then Felino busts his fucking twig. So then he's on one and a half legs through this fucking series. So I, that you didn't plan for that, right? Tavares gets his coconut fucking knocked by Perry yeah. inadvertently, obviously. But but you know. Still, Dubas didn't do anything wrong. I think Keith could have done a better job coaching. I think he, he didn't do a very good job trying to get shit going. But I think honestly, it all goes back to these the players. players didn't have the drive. They didn't yeah. have the fucking drive. Like you watch this game as a Leaf fan, and it was I'm looking at this going, these are the same guys wearing the same crest that fucking Dougie and Wendell wore. And and like those two guys would like fucking just scratch and claw. And even Sundin, like Sundin didn't have it. Like I know he had a shitty year in Vancouver and it's a Vancouver podcast, but you know, Sundin just fucking would throw something on his back and get, give it there. Gary Roberts, the one year that they were, that they almost made it to the yeah. final and they lost. Like fucking Gary Roberts just fucking pushed that team over the line. Yeah. Like pure heart and determination. These guys just, don't have it and you don't feel any inspiration from it. It's just, can I get my iPhone ads? Can I get my, like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I, 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 but I do think nothing's going to happen. I think they're going to preach consistency. They're going to go look at Washington. Washington took all these years and they finally got there. OV was how old when they finally won Matthews and Martin aren't even close to that age yet. Yeah. But I don't see how you can have this much money in these guys and not be able to put more around them. For real. I don't want to get spicy and start saying, oh, they're going to go for Seth Jones because I don't think that's going to happen. I don't I don't think they'll move in that direction. I think you'll see everybody speculating it. But I really don't think anything's going to happen. I think they're going to see yeah. who else can we get to throw in the bottom six. I think they're going to try and... Because is Felino <laughs> under contract? Is he still under nope, contract? No, Felino's done. Felino's gone. He's going. He's he's probably going to. I wouldn't be shy. He's going to go to one or two places, in my opinion. He's either going back to Columbus or he's going to Minnesota. Okay. He's going to go to Minnesota to play with his brother for one more year. Would be my guy. That, that, that's it. Like he, Felino's got. He, he was. I didn't even notice him in this series. Yeah. Granted, True. he was injured. But 
Like I, I don't know what Simmons is going to happen. You know, Spets is going to resign for league minimum because he's just going to yeah. keep playing until he doesn't have to play, and he's only going to play in Toronto because he doesn't want to leave. So and he, there's that. And he he did way above his pay grade this year. So why oh, wouldn't he, he bring him back? Yeah. But no, but, yeah, Toronto, I, I don't know. I think that nothing's going to happen there. So yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's going to be it's going to be a fun time tomorrow. Tuning into the old Toronto radio stations. Oh my gosh. But the, the, the lack of drive, fuck me. They had fucking, what, 14 shots after two periods? 14 yeah. fucking shots. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like, Shouldn't. at least play exciting fucking hockey. There was, they, they like, oh, Christ, man. Oh, yeah. my God. It was awful. Jesus. Anyways. Yeah. That's ah. the Toronto-Montreal one. So, there we uh, go. You guys, if you guys didn't enjoy that, then, Jesus Christ, what else do we got to do? <laughs> I brought on one of the most passionate guys I've ever had on. Like, holy. There we go. No, but that, yeah, Toronto, no way that should have happened. Montreal was playing with house money the whole entire series. Oh, yeah, they, they were loose, man. Yeah. They were loose, yeah. and they knew they, they relied on Carey. Carey played great, and they played the game they needed to. That was yeah. the exact game they needed to. Yeah. It was great. One, I, hats off to the Canadians. Yeah, exactly. But uh, moving on, Carolina beat Nashville in six games. Mm-hmm. Uh Absolute crazy series. Nashville played unreal. UC Saros was stellar as can be, but I think the better team did come out. But I mean, four straight games went to overtime. The last like game three, four, five, six were in overtime. Crazy series, but I do think Carolina deserved to win. They. Yep. But again, hats off to Nashville because they were in the dumps. They were like the St. Louis Blues, and they ultimately clinched the playoff spot. Like their coaches on the hot seat, Ekholm was top of the trading board, and then yep. they ultimately made the playoffs. So, do you have anything? They were to loose, add, man. Yeah. They they were loose. Like they they far exceeded. You know, yeah. uh, like Any they, sort of expectations. Like, it, it's kind of funny that we talk. We're talking about. Carolina and uh, Carolina and Nashville. After we talk about the Leafs and Habs, but because those were the two series where you thought basically Carolina and the Leafs are walking to the next round. Like Should be game five, five games, games at most. Yeah. Five games at most. You know they'll be a lucky bounce and they'll win one. I thought Nashville played well from what I saw. You know yeah. they, they they did what they needed to do. Um, you know I I didn't think Duchesne and and Johansson were too bad from what I saw and they needed to start getting their shit together and starting to pull their their weight I, especially I, after this yeah. uh, th- this regular season um you know as you said it, it was uh Soros was 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 good man you know it was Unbelievable. He needed to be you know how helps them out it's kind of a it's crazy they're bringing in this guy after Rene follows right there like they couldn't have this little lull and shitty goaltending but you know good on them on that front Awesome spot. If you ever have a chance, I've been to, to Nashville several times. That ring. I want to go so badly. Dude, it's so right badly. at the edge of Broadway. You, you yeah. look across, you cross the street on the corner and you're in legends. You're in a, yeah. you're in a bar three doors down and fucking Tootsie's man. It's, it's where yeah. it's at. Like it's, it's a yeah. fun, it's a good fun city. Great fan base. I know we talk a lot of shit in Canada about the Southern push, but man, they do dig the thrashers there, man. Like it is, yeah. it's a two sport town, right? It, it, it's yeah. basically the Titans and then it's, it's the thrashers. There's no baseball to worry about. There's no basketball. Predators. So, uh, yeah. Predators. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. National predators. Yeah. yeah. That's what uh, I'm saying. Was, yeah. 
Yeah, you're saying Thrashers, and it was confusing me. Sorry. So. Yeah, my bad. I don't know why I said Thrashers. <laughs> Shit. Southern yeah. Push, buddy. Atlanta. Sorry. Sorry, yeah, man. Yeah, I was, I was thrown off there. I was like, yeah, my bad. I remember back when Thrashers <laughs> were around in Atlanta. No, uh, my bad. But yeah, but the Predators definitely, uh, definitely have grabbed that area. You go to the Nashville airport, there's fucking shit tons of, of Predators gear, not Thrashers gear. You know, there, there's not that ugly bird flying around. It's the, the, the Bobcat, the Bobcat or the saber tooth tiger or whatever yeah. the hell it is. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, next series Islanders finish off the penguins in six games. Mm-hmm. They were down one goal in game six and then they surged for three straight or yeah. yeah was it three straight? And then, or four straight, some it was yeah. something like that, but they ultimately won five three or five two. I I had Islanders winning just because I think they have Penguins number, but this was ultimately a pretty good series, pretty back and forth, mm-hmm. and Penguins just couldn't close it out. And Tristan yeah. Jari was terrible. That's well, with one game. I think he he had he had what one or two games where he, where he was hot garbage, and and that's when they needed him. Yeah, you know, so. it, it's, he, he was a sieve. I was expecting in that game seven that, that Ronnie Hextall was going to come out or it was going to be Jean-Claude Van Damme from sudden yeah. death or whatever it was then and come out as the goalie. Right. It was, uh, that, that was a rough one, you know, and a lot of questions now in, in Pittsburgh, right. You, you've got new leadership at the top that came over halfway through the year and, in Brian Burke and Ron Hextall, you've got an aging core. Right, you got Crosby and Malkin, man, and like they ain't they ain't young young guys anymore. Like, yeah. I think Crosby's gonna play until he's like forty three. Yeah, but that's just because of his love of the game. Uh, Latang is is still good, but he's not what Latang was. So, where does this leave the Penguins? Right, are they yeah. gonna are they gonna rebuild? Or are they gonna rebuild on the fly? Like. Their problem is they got absolutely nothing in the minors. Like I think yeah. I, I, I looked at today, they had the uh, the rankings of the best the best farm systems or or the best uh, young prospects coming up, and the Penguins were like second from the bottom. It's yeah. like that's not a good spot to be in right now. So yeah. I, I I don't know what they're gonna do. It's gonna be interesting to see how the Penguins take the next step. Yeah. But hats off to the Islanders. The Islanders play the style that essentially is what's needed in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, Shut and down and then try to counter. And, that, and that's, a, and that's a question is, are we going to see a, a difference? We talked about the Leafs and the Leafs were running gun and they were fun and all this stuff. And everybody said for ages, you know, you can't win in the playoffs that way. Well, I guess it kind of got proven. Right. And yeah. everybody was poo pooing Bergevin that, you know, the team's built for the playoffs. We have all of our money in this goalie that can basically be a brick wall and I got people that just shut everything down and just play a boring game. And maybe that's what you need. It's not like you turn into the Islanders for entertainment. You know, they're yeah, not, no, they're pretty they're boring trots. Like they're, they're, yeah. they, it's, it's boring hockey. It's nothing great, but they did what they needed to do and hats off to them. This is even with Barzell, not, not doing anything that great. Yeah. Right? He didn't, he didn't come to play this, uh, that series and they still turned out a win. So no, I really like the Islanders this year and what they could do. And I I do think that they're built for a run. And it's going to be interesting to see how they play against the Bruins. They are up 1-1. Yeah. Uh, or they're tied 1-1. Yeah, which they're is tied exactly, tonight, yeah. It's exactly what you want to do when you're the bottom seed. You want to split. So now home ice advantages in their hands. Exactly. So, They've got it, yeah. 
And that Nassau Coliseum crowd, holy shit, that thing was amazing. That was fun to see. That was fun to see. So, no, I'm excited to see how the rest of the playoffs uh, or what New York has to bring the rest of the playoffs. But moving on, Vegas finishes off Minnesota in seven games. Minnesota, they were my dark horse to win the cup. I think they were a lot of people's dark horses because they were a really good third seed team. They finished six points back of first and second place in uh, Colorado Vegas because they think they tied, but Colorado had the upper hand head-to-head against Vegas, so they ultimately won the President's Trophy. But Minnesota was just six points back of them. They finished with 76. They finished with 82. So they weren't going to be a walk in the park, right? And obviously they took a cup favorite or Mm -hmm. top three cup favorite in Vegas to seven games. And Mm -hmm. again, Vegas... They have a tough time closing out series, yeah. but they took they took care of them game seven with a six two win. So and yeah. Yanmark uh, first career either playoff hat trick or first career NHL hat trick. But yeah. yeah, Vegas came to play in game seven. They did. They did. I, I, I hats off to Talbot, man. Talk about a guy oh, that came played, back from right from, a, from a, Yeah, shit situation that he had in Edmonton. He he really played well for the wild there. Um I I'm not on the Vegas bandwagon. Me personally, yeah. uh, I don't think that they've got a lot of good players. I just don't think they're constructed properly. I don't think you could win the cup without having a great centerman, and they just don't. Like they got great wingers, they got great defensemen, yeah, two really good goalies. I just don't know if you can win it without that centerman, and that's what worries me. And I think this series hurt them that way in a way, not having that, not being able yeah. to control that. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, it's. I'm sure we're going to talk round two in a call in a few. So that'll that'll be a bit of a discussion point. <laughs> yeah, but to touch on the Vegas um, Minnesota one, there's two goalie interference calls back to, I think game four and game game five was back to back games. Uh, the one where Minnesota won four nothing mm-hmm. was that game six. Or game five. I can't remember. Five. Yeah. It was either game five or game six. But uh, first one, Vegas, uh, they won 4 nothing, Or they ended up winning the game, but Minnesota had a goal called back. Fleury came up to the top of the crease, initiated contact with the Minnesota player who was screening him. Goal called back. Goalie interference. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Game six or game five, it's one nothing Minnesota. Dumba pins Alex Tuck between uh, him and Cam Talbot. Tuck can't move. He was moved back into the crease. Doesn't really affect Talbot much. He's kind of just looking over at him. And then White Cloud, I believe, or Stevenson scores. Gold called back. Two goals that should have been... Or two calls that should have been fucking goals, and I can't believe that they were called back. The goalies initiated the contact, mm-hmm. or the team initiated the contact with Flurry and Dumba. Talbot wasn't even affected on his, and they were both called back. This is bring this brings up the refereeing inconsistencies that you wanted yeah. to touch on. This needs to be fixed internally within the NHL because those are two calls that are fucking. Like it's unbelievable. It's like yep. at some point you gotta just throw out the rule book and just use your 
discretion and common sense on was he actually interfered with or is he just trying to use the blue crease to his advantage because he wasn't affected in any sort of play. Talbot didn't even try to make a save. Mm-hmm. How was he interfered with if he's not even going to try? Yeah. Well, I think like, it's, it, yeah, you and I, you and I talked about the, the game, game six and the leaf one as well, just texting back and forth, just about the, about Jack Campbell and the first goal yeah. that happened. And I kind of made that comment about Toffoli kind of being in Jack Campbell's way. Again, I, I'm with you. I don't think that would have been a, a really appropriate goalie interference. If you look at the rule, did he block his ability to make the save? Potentially Campbell didn't actually try and get across and get hit by can by, by Toffoli, So it didn't make a difference. And that's kind of falls into this discussion as well yeah. with those with, with, was there an actual impeding there that occurred? And I don't like this this glove treatment that goalies are getting at points, but I get it because then you're going to have people that are going to cross the line. You're going to have certain boneheads out there, not to name names of players, but you know, guys are going to cross the line and try to bump a little bit more. Now you're going to have goalies that aren't expecting it, aren't ready for a hit and get injured. And then you're going to get concussions and then you have head injuries and everything coming there. So there's a lot of things going on. I do think that they're, the NHL has a very difficult job right now of getting their shit together with this new contract with ESPN coming forward. Yeah. So goals is what is going to put asses in the seats. For real. The reason he, the reason ESPN, one of the reasons ESPN did not resign was the dead puck era that killed them. Like that Leaf game tonight again. I know I'm talking Leafs, but I just watched this fresh in my mind. It was boring. You ever watch the old Devils? It was boring. It sucked. It was this clutch and grab stuff that occurred. It isn't what you want, and I don't think you're going to want to see that in the regular season or in the playoffs. Like look at last night or that McKinnon goal, that video game goal last night. Oh that is God. what. That is what fucking people want to see man you want to see the mcdavid from his fucking hash marks dancing around the team and just sliding it through the goalie's five hole like it meant nothing like that's what you want to see you don't want to see mcdavid trying to break out of the zone and a guy tackle him or three jets jump on top of him and block him and that's all good like i I was looking at something and, and somebody sent out a tweet i have no clue how valid this is no clue didn't do any bloody research to it but mckinnon in the last 20 games has playoff games has drawn 13 penalties okay so think about where he's going 13 penalties in 20 games he's drawn in the last eight games that mcdavid has played in the playoffs he has drawn zero how is the guy that draws the most penalties is the fastest player in the game by a country mile? I get McKinnon's quick, but fucking McDavid does stuff yeah. nobody else should do. That Jet series, it was like McDavid was wearing a Jets jersey. Yeah. And just this inconsistency of what's going on and not wanting your stars to thrive. I've never seen a league want that more. I, I can't understand this. Like, where do you see, do you see the NFL go, okay, guys, let's put the flags away and not call pass interference. So let the DBs tackle the wide receivers when they're going deep. We don't need to see that. We don't need touchdowns. We want a good 6-3 game here. We want to see the field goals, right? It, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. And, and it needs to change. If you want to get people, you're, you NHL's got a massive opportunity here. 
They've got they've got to get their shit together. And you, you want to eliminate all the fans pissing and moaning about. And I guarantee you, there's going to be tons of Leaf fans. There's going to be tons of other teams fans. You got Edmonton fans that complained about it. They're always going to complain if it's going to be inconsistent. Yeah. Apply the same damn rule book. If you're going to do clutch and grab all the time, fine. Then fucking regular seasons should have clutch and grab as well. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the problem. And they're going to have to get that shit sorted out or they're going to have some big problems down here, man. They got it. It's great. They're back on ESPN. It's going to be fantastic for the game. It's going to be great for them. It's going to be great. But who you is get more? You get more Stephen A. Smith. Uh, Hot takes post game. Oh, man. you know it, man. He knows it. He lo- he lo- he's talking to hockey. I'm yeah. talking to hockey. Right? So, but but think about it. After one round, you've lost Ovechkin. You've lost Crosby. You've lost Malkin. You've lost McDavid. And you've lost Matthews. And Dreisaitl. One round. And Dreisaitl. Yeah. All of that in one series. Or in one, in one round. You, you think ESPN's really excited about that? Yeah. Hey, we're going to market Philip Deneau. You know, <laughs> hey, you know who, who, who we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about that great shutdown center on. Oh, wait, we can't talk about any of them. Nobody wants to talk about a shutdown center. Who do we talk about? Let's talk about next year. Let's talk about football. Oh, wait, don't renew the contract. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, you don't want to hear it. Right. So I don't know. Well, it's goals, fights and hits. That's what puts asses in the seats and what people want to see. Yeah, people don't everyone, want to see great structured defensive play. Yeah. Everyone comes to the game if it's their first time, they're like, I want to see someone get in a fight. Or I want to see yep. some big hits. I want to see the crowd go crazy multiple, multiple times. Mm-hmm. And you need to set a standard of how the game is going to be officiated. And that has been displayed the worst I've ever seen these playoffs. You never oh, know what to awful. call and what's not. You never, the reviews are getting way out of hand. Yeah. You never know what's going to, every single time a goal is scored, you're wondering if there's going to be a goalie interference review. It's just, you need to limit reviews, mm-hmm. limit review, put a, put a max two reviews, whether it's offside or goalie interference per game, per team. It, just do something. I don't something. even know if reviews are needed because you're going to, you're yeah, the, the refs are there. It's a human element. Yeah. You're going to miss calls. You're going to miss calls. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You're going to miss calls. It, it, it's exactly. human element of the game. Right. But this idea that they're, they're going to call certain things, not call other things like granted. I know you talked last time about Tim Peel managing the game and he was caught on the hot mic and all this shit. And everybody knows this stuff, but I, I just be consistent, man. That's what people want. People want consistency through all the games. I, I don't know if you you said that uh, you missed the first period, but I don't know if this was in the first or the second. Eric Stahl basically tackled Hyman tonight. Like I didn't just basically, see that. Yeah. like basically tackled him. Okay, like and, and it is what it is. It happens. No call. But get my buddy texts me. He goes, "Guarantee you, there's going to be a ticky tack call. It comes up now." Who was it? It was uh, Engvall. Engvall held Caulfield. Absolute accurate call. Should have been a penalty. I am not saying as a Leaf fan that that shouldn't have been a call. My problem is one guy got tackled. Another guy got held naturally and was still moving forward. Both should be called. It shouldn't yeah. be, oh, wait, now I need to call this one. Because, like, fucking be consistent. 
You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah, I, I think this, the momentum shifts that happen with these reviews and you know that guys will call reviews and take the penalty to just stop the bleeding potentially. Who knows? Yeah. I think Laviolette did that once, didn't he? Didn't he? I thought Peter Laviolette did that one time. So could be wrong though. I thought yeah, one of them called the challenge before the penalty. It was before you were you got a penalty if you if you if you missed uh, if your uh, challenge was unsuccessful. Yeah, I I, I can't one hundred percent remember, yeah. but I know I know that happened at some point. But yeah, there just needs to be more consistency, and the game will go in a completely different direction in a good way. So hopefully, the NHL kind of figures that out because this is the biggest. This is the oh, best been, sample to like investigate and review. Yeah. It would be like, okay, we need to. Well, the Jets series is a perfect one, right? The Jets series yeah. is, is a great one to look at. There, there, there's a yeah. lot. And, and again, not saying that it was the that it was every second of every minute in the game, and the Jets didn't deserve to win that series. But it, there's so many just clips of freaking McDavid having three guys like on top of him. He's carrying them. You know, for Christ's sake, he got need in overtime that one time and there was no call. Like, sorry, it's the same fucking game. Like, I I hate this statement of, oh, you don't call that call there at that point in the game. No, the the rule book doesn't say for the first 15 minutes of the period, you call this and the last five minutes you don't. No, it's the entire game. Yeah. Call the fucking game the way it is. Because yeah. guess what? That goal, goal that happened in the first eight minutes could be the winner for the whole thing. You know, exactly. And it's, it, it, your goal that counts in the first 15 is the same as the last five. So there shouldn't be any change. Amen, brother. Um, moving on to round two. Uh, we'll quickly kind of go over some, uh, the matchups and what we kind of think how it'll go. So, mm-hmm. To tee it off, we got Boston, New York. They're tied 1-1, heading back to New York. This is going to be, I think, a back-and-forth series. I could see Boston splitting in New York, and then now it's home ice advantage to Boston. Who do you kind of got in this series, and how do you think it might turn out? I got Boston in six, man. The, that line, that that perfection line is unbelievable. I, I, yeah. I truly believe, I, I think Boston's a dark horse for the cup. Yeah. I truly do. Like they are just, Rask is playing, I wouldn't say Rask is playing out of his mind, but Rask is playing good enough. He's doing what needs to be done. He's battle tested. He's been there before you know what you got. But those three guys are unbelievable. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just unbelievable. So, and, and you know, I just, I don't know. They, 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 I think the Islanders are a system team more so than a, great players playing a good system you know yeah that, that, that's just my thought yeah i got i got boston in seven because i just think new york doesn't necessarily match up too well i think boston's a lot deeper i had new york going to the final just because they were kind of on a tear and everyone was playing well but just the way boston's playing right now i just mm-hmm. i can't see them being turned it on man in the seven game series yeah turned it on uh tampa carolina Tampa took game one, two, one. I didn't mm-hmm. watch any of the game, to be honest. Yeah, I was, uh, I was busy prior, like during the game, and then yeah. I kind of tuned in for the Colorado Vegas game. So, 
But I just know that Nadelkovic kind of let in a pretty tough goal in overtime or late in the game when whenever it was. But I got Tampa in six just because, I mean, the return of Kucherov and they're just so deep top to bottom. But how do you kind of see the series going? Uh, yeah, I, I, it's hard to read Carolina. Cause I don't yeah. looking at looking at Carolina on paper. I don't think they're that great, but there's just something about them, man. Rod like, Brindamore effect, dude, man. Rod the bod, you know they're, yeah. they're 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 they. I don't know. They he's just he's just doing something, man. Like it's good to see that he got the paycheck that he deserved. I'm surprised that uh, Dundon opened up his paycheck or his, uh, yeah. his wallet for him, right? So, but yeah, I, I, Frank, man, I could see this easily going seven. I could even see Tampa in four. I, I think Tampa's coming out no matter what. Um, you know, they there's just something about that Carolina franchise. You know, it, it's there's certain franchises that have things that don't go well, but it just seems Carolina seems they're able to come back, right? You know, Edmonton, the Leafs, they just can't seem to win and do stuff. Carolina just seems to come back and bounce back, right? You know, so yeah. I just think that they're I, – I, Still, though, that what is it? The Tampa Bay's paying what 17 million over the cap right now, I guess. If you yeah. added all the players that they have, like that's fucking I mean, crazy. a lot, a lot of them they're not actually. I don't know, LTIR doesn't come into effect, so yeah. Um, I was gonna say, Stan- I mean, Stammers, yeah, Stammers back, and you have Kucherov's back, and you got everybody, so I don't know, man. Yeah. It's I know they got a decent amount, it's just Tampa's such a good team, man. Yeah. And Vasilevsky, yeah. like, dude's just. He's on point. Just yeah. on point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next series, Vegas, Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Colorado put an absolute trouncing on Vegas game oh, one. That's Seven a way to put it. McKinnon yeah. just, that 6-1 goal is just, I watched that in my spare time and I just, oh my, it makes me feel some type of way, but. That, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, I was listening to, to the to 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 Elliot Friedman talking about something today, and he was basically saying that that's McDavid's move opposite hand because McDavid shoots left and McKinnon shoots right, and McDavid does that over the blocker, and McKinnon did it over the over the glove. It was either yeah. it was either it was either that one or it was uh, another another podcast or it was the Toronto radio station that I was listening to. Jamie McLennan yeah. was talking about. I think it was actually Jamie McLennan talking about. It, to tell you the truth, but, overdrive. Yeah, it was overdrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was um, a fragment. Like they just that was they the are best wagon. performance. They, they were unbelievable. And think about this: they do not have their second line center right now. Yeah, because he's an idiot. But because Kadri yeah. doesn't know, like when playoffs come, doesn't mean you can be a fucking dipshit. So yeah. You know. Yeah, the ref he might be inconsistent, but it doesn't mean you can catch someone blindside, well, hit him in the head. Well, Kadri's <laughs> at least consistent with being an idiot, so you know yeah. he's gonna cost you in the playoffs, yeah. right? But yeah, he—they're just—they're good, man. They look good. Their defense, yeah. Brig, man. Yeah. Like, like you've got a guy that's gonna win a couple Norrises, you know that yeah. for sure. Makar's gonna do that, you know. Yeah, the conversation Girardi. between Makar and Hughes—that is long gone. Makar is taking the torch, and he's become top two defensemen in the league. Oh, he's unbelievable. He he yeah. is a he is phenomenal. And, and I got to give it to got to give it to Joe Sackick, man. 2 years ago, 3 years ago, that guy was like, "What? This guy doesn't know what he's doing. He is a clown. Get this GM, guy out of here. Burnaby Joe doesn't know what he's doing." One of the best doing. GMs in the league. 
Oh, the, the joke far. at the start of the year is never trade. If Joe Sa- if you see Joe Sackick's phone number come up on your phone, say no. Ghost him. Like, don't yeah. even answer. Like, just yeah. new phone. Who dis? Don't yeah. even. Don't yeah. even answer. Because he's just. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. You you got to give it to. Him. Like Eric Johnson's not even playing. Right. Yeah. Like, think about that. I think either is Eric Johnson making the most money on the team or second most money on the team, and it's he's an L- LITR. Like he's just think about that. You, you've got you've got an assistant captain who's there who's not even playing. And, and granted, he he never lived up to being the first overall pick. He was never that true building block defenseman, but he's still a pretty fucking good defenseman. Yeah. Right. So you know they, they're missing a few good players, and they just made Vegas look silly. Now, granted, yeah. Vegas was probably tired, but like, they. I, I that's where that centerman comes in a role. I don't think they have that spot to clog up the middle to, to have a roaming thing. I think that's part of it, but shit like that, the power, I know we talked, you talked about that six, one goal. Was it the, was it the four, one goal that, that were the four, nothing goal. That was the, the power play goal. That was basically like a video oh, game, the, the tic-tac-toe that, that yeah. Landis Cog's goal. That was just, that, that was just bing, bing, bunk. You're just like unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. And and think about how defensively sound Vegas is too, and they did yeah. that to them. It's it's something else to watch. It's so enjoyable, but yeah, Colorado is just on another level. One thing I quickly just quickly wanted to touch on. So Ryan Graves uh, yeah. hits Matias Yamark. I I personally think there's nothing wrong with the hit. Maybe it was like point two seconds late. But it was a fraction late. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. anything. Matias Yamark got caught looking at his pass, and Ryan Graves finished his check. Mm-hmm. It was the chestless principal point of contact. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then the rest of his body hit his head. At first, I went off on Twitter. I was like, call the act, not the outcome. Don't call him a penalty just because he's hurt. Mm-hmm. I thought they were calling, like, a hit to the head and, like, a major. Turns out it was just an interference. So I got someone put me in check on Twitter, and I was like, mm-hmm. got ahead of myself. First of all, quickly, do you think it was a clean hit? Anything was wrong with the hit? Uh, no, I, I think the hit was fine. I think it was an interference call. I think that you, you got to be careful. It, it, it's tough, man. It, it, you're yeah. in a tough spot, right? Yeah. Because we have all these head injuries. We have everything that's going on. We got to protect the players, and the players have to, you know, it, it gets a little charged. So yeah, I, I, I think it's good to call that and just, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, I don't I, know how much it's going to change things, yeah. but I do think it was, I don't think it was a dirty hit. I don't think he intended no. to hurt anything like that. So. I think it was interference at most because I can understand it. it was Elliot Friedman did the calculations. It was 0.67 seconds after he released the puck. You think it's like so fast. It's tough. I I think anything after 0.5 seconds is a bit late. I can understand the interference call, but anything more than that is absurd. Fast Dude, forward I to growing up. Yeah. I remember growing up and being told, finish your check, yeah. man. Yeah. That's what you were told to do, right? So yeah. these guys have that in their head. So it's a little, you know, it's a tough one, right? Yeah. Yeah. If if you have to break it down to the millisecond, then I just leave it. Yeah. But if you're going to call a penalty, I guess interference is it. But I still think it didn't need to be a penalty. Fast forward to the third period. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, right after the hit, they show Ryan Reeves on the bench. And I tweeted this. I was like, Ryan Graves has to be shit in his pants just a little bit, knowing that he might have to fight Ryan Reeves. <laughs> Lo and behold, Ryan Reeves puts Ryan Graves in a headlock, twists mm-hmm. his body, throws him on the ice, knees on his head. Mm-hmm. 
gets a mage, gets a match penalty. He's out of the game. Nine Colorado, minutes, baby, on the clock. Colorado, Colorado <laughs> gets a nine-minute power play. I relate this to Tom Wilson, and I think that this was dirtier than what Tom Wilson did for the simple fact that he threw, he had Graves around by the neck and he threw him down and then kneed on his face afterwards. I thought Tom Wilson should have been suspended, but then when I looked at it, I thought it was just like, he threw him on the ice. I still think he should have maybe gone a bit more, but whatever. I think this is worse for the simple fact of where he threw him down. I think throwing down from the neck is really, really dangerous. I think it can cause a lot of... Because Ryan Graves was down for a bit, right? So you got to take mm-hmm. that into effect. And kneeing on his face is completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. What are your... I think that, that of, well, one, Reeves should have been playing in the game because of, of the previous game for, for what was it, the cross-check on Studer or whatnot that occurred, right? Or whatever it was. So he should have been suspended there. <sighs> It's a tough spot, man. Like, you know, yeah. I, I think if you're going to suspend Kadri for eight games for for that hit on Falk, I don't see how you are not basically anything that's questionable gets suspended, even for a game. If you are touting that that player safety is imperative. And this is outside of the sport. This wasn't a hit. This wasn't a clean hit, and the guy crumpled down. This wasn't a Tavares took it took a took a knee to the head, and it was uh, it, it was unavoidable. Yeah. This was a guy was fucking foaming at the mouth because his team was just getting spanked, yeah, just getting torched, and you know he wanted to make a point, and that was it. And he found his point. There was a hit that he didn't like. And it was, fuck you, I'm going to show you what we're going to do. And that's not the way that I think it needs to be done, right? It's a, you need to to, to control that because you're going to have, you don't want that sort of justice occurring because you're going to get a really bad injury one of these times, right? Like you're going to have that George Perro situation head on the ice and everybody kind of freaked out. Now that's a bit different. That didn't occur in the same sort of situation, but we don't want to see that, right? We don't want to be sitting here in game three of the Stanley Cup final and all of a sudden a dude's down on the ice with his head cracked open because... You know, he hit somebody earlier in the game and somebody didn't like it. Right. Yeah. So I, I think you got to control it. Uh, you know, Reeves, I think he still deserves to be in the NHL. You're going to have people with those hot takes. It says the guy's I, a goon. He shouldn't be there. I, you know. I think he's Dubois. DeBoer said he's one of the cleaner, tough guys in the NHL. And I agree. Reeves hasn't really done anything malicious outside of, I, I think this was pretty malicious. And, the suitor one, I'm gonna have to watch it again. Mm. But I mean, any cross checked in the post sounds bad. But yeah, I, I, I just have to watch it again before I make a point. But I think Reeves deserves to be in the NHL. If Tom oh, yeah. Wilson somehow does, Reeves deserves to be. But yeah, Tom I, uh, a, I, I still think Tom Wilson's a good player. He's just a fucking bonehead. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, he's I just agree. a bonehead. So, but but yeah. Crazy game one. Colorado trounced them after being well rested. Vegas just came off a of game seven. Yeah, I think that wasn't the Vegas team that's going to be the rest of the series. I got Colorado in six. Yeah, um, I'm with you. Same. Colorado in six. I I I'm, I'm don't Colorado think it's six. I don't think it's going to go the distance, but I do think Vegas 
I think it's going to be a lot one two goal games for the rest of the series. Maybe it opens up a bit, mm-hmm. but I yeah, it's going to it's going to be a lot more competitive than the game one. I think Colorado Colorado's that that team who's just looking so good. They're just playing so well. Now now that saying that, you know, there's always a team that looks great the first and second round and then craps yeah. the bed in the third round, right? So, yeah. you know, are 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 they just at the top of their peak and they're going to hit the valley or what, you know? I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I do think Colorado gets through this one. Uh, Winnipeg-Montreal. This one, I I got Winnipeg in seven. I just think they're a lot deeper. But, I mean, with the way Montreal played, you can't really count them out, right? They took took the number one seed in the North Division, a cup favorite in a lot of people's Mm -hmm. eyes. They took them in seven, coming back from 3-1. Price is playing out of his mind right now. And, I mean... Like we said earlier, Montreal's playing with house money, so why wouldn't you kind of have some sort of hope that they can do it yeah. again? If they can do it against Toronto, then why not the team yeah. that finished one up from them, right? So, But I still think I like Winnipeg's goaltending. I, just, I like Montreal's defense a bit better just because I think they're bigger. I, I just like the veteran presence that they bring. Mm-hmm. They might not be as electrifying, but I think they're a bit deeper. Mm-hmm. But I like Winnipeg's offense. I think they're yeah. really deep. Uh, uh, who do you got taking the series? I think Jets in five. Jets in five. I just think yeah. the Jets are the, the the Jets can play two ways. You know? I think they're think, severely slept on, and I am volunteering and I'm saying that I should have gone with my gut and picked Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. They're yeah, they're talented. And yeah, I think they they got Ealers is. Freaking phenomenal! Shifley is is just another great player. You know, Wheeler's a, is a great leader. Kyle, Kyle Connor is one of those guys that just seems to show up in the playoffs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's he he's a more skilled Chris Draper almost in a way. Like he's just really good and just has this grit to him. He's got a sweet flow right now, so that's helping him out as well. Yeah. You know, but I think their defense is good. Stasny's playing well. Um, but Hellebuck, like this is, I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of scoring and the fact that they're going to, they're not going to score. Brendan Gallagher's not going to score that five hole goal that he got tonight against Hellebuck. Yeah. Like Hellebuck just shut. And, and granted, that's part of the reason the Oilers were swept. We can all talk about that. They didn't show up. That, that there's a reason that, that the Oilers didn't score. Hellebuck decided like, okay, playoff started time to show up. Yeah. And I think that's just going to happen. I think Winnipeg's getting through. Exactly. All right. That's the NHL playoffs. And Uncle Chris, this is on this podcast. We do a little something called time for the press where listeners send in questions and we answer them on the fly. So we'll start off with some two quick ones. Then we'll finish off with the doozy that we have. And beauty. First one comes in from Lucas Moore. And it's more of a statement. He's like pod Colson should have been a top five pick. We've been over this. I agree he should have been in top five, but when he signed that two-year deal, his stock kind of slipped down a bit. Mm-hmm. Absolute steal by the Canucks if he turns out the way everyone expects him to. I think it was a steal at 10. Uh, moving on to Lucas Alcade. Who's winning it all? Who do you got taking Lord Stanley? <sighs> to me right now, Colorado is looking too damn good. Yeah, like they're just they're just too deep. Their their Grubauer's playing well. Their defense is just great. And then that forward group. And again, by the time that 
and you know, barring him not being an absolute bonehead later in the second round into the third, <laughs> into the third round, Kadri's going to be back. And, and yeah. as much as people can hate on Kadri, he's a damn good player. He's like, really he's talented. A damn good player. So they're going to be, they're going to be a tough out. I, I think depending on the reseeding, I think you're going to see a Boston. Uh, I think you're going to see a Boston Colorado final. Yeah. Uh, if I, if we get that in the final, it's going to be, going to be fun. Oh, sign me it's gonna up. Be fun. Yeah. yeah I, fun I think, one. I think Colorado's taking it all. They're just, like you said, they're just, they're so deep. And the way McKinnon's playing right now, Holy shit. There's no slowing him down. He's unbelievable. He's like 14 points in five games. It's Oh, he's insane. Yeah. Insane. Insane. This last one, and it is quite the question. Uh, Serge Chima saying, what's your rank of the playoff goalies? And there are some teams that have used basically every goalie in their repertoire, but we will go with game one starters. Mm-hmm. So, except for Washington, their goalie was hurt like five minutes in. Yeah. Doesn't so, good, right? and then Craig Anderson came in, but Ilya Samsonov ultimately finished off the series. So, mm-hmm. Samsonov is the Washington goalie we will be using. And we will start from 16 and ultimately move up to one. Mm-hmm. No, got to uh, save the best for last. You got so, it. Yeah. Uh, I will let you start off at 16. At and 16? We will, we will, like, switch back. And we're, we're, like, again, we're basing it on this year, right? This year's performance? Yeah, so I... People, okay. I took okay. in this year how they've done so far, but I didn't let that affect it too much. And then how they were going into the playoffs is kind of what how yeah. I did mine. But yeah, I, this I year's think, performance. Yeah. I would say this year's performance, my, 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 my number 16 might be a bit of a spicy take, but I'd say goalie Bob, I think he did not have a good year for, for the, for the cats. Uh, he just wasn't there. He's, he's making a shit ton of money. Um, but I think he comes in at 16 on that. I, I agree. I agree. I got Borowski at 16. He just, he didn't play up to his contract and it's, Yeah, it's he's, he's going to be in a tough spot. He's going to be in a yeah. tough spot there to kind of make up for that. Right. So he wanted out, but he, he has a, a tendency to have a, a great year and a crappy year and then a great year and a crappy year. So, yeah. you know, put it, put it, put a hundred bucks on him winning the Vesna next year, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that'd be, I'd be what they signed him for, but yeah. he just hasn't yeah. proved it in the two years. But so, yeah, we'll do a snake draft. So I'll do go first this time, and then you go first next time. Uh, at 15, I got Tristan Jari. Yep, I'm with you he, there. That's who I had on yeah. mine. Yep. He had a below-average year. He had a really hot stretch, but then he just didn't bring it these playoffs. And it's just, yeah, Tristan Jari is who I would put 15. And you agree? I do. I'm with you on All Tristan right. Jari. I don't think that he was, he was there. He was yeah. a body. He wasn't. He wasn't one that instilled like he could steal those games for you. Yeah. So I think he was unbelievably inconsistent this year. Yeah. With you on that one. Uh, who do you got at fourteen? I would say Samsonov coming in at this end, just because of performance throughout the year. You know, this yeah, guy was highly touted when he was coming out. Like this guy was was the, the 
he was the next great Russian goalie. And I don't think that he lived up to the hype this year. He played a few good games here and there, but I don't think that he was at that level where he needed to be. So I would say that he was, he would be my 14. I agree. I, uh, yeah, I, uh, can't argue with that one. And at 13, see this one, I'm like, I don't know if I'm necessarily confident in this one. We came up with this list like five minutes before the episode started, so some of it may not be entirely accurate. But I have Cam Talbot at 13. He had a mediocre regular season. He had a great playoffs, but going into the season, I don't know if I necessarily Mm -hmm. trusted him, but that's who I got at 13. Yeah, I, I was floating between when I'm looking at this, I'd say Talbot and Sorokin, because I think Sorokin lives by a, by a system. So I don't think he's a goalie that that steals games. Um, but I, I would say Talbot's a fair, fair call at 13 there. Yeah, so I definitely I would agree on that one. So All I right. guess if, if I'm going there, it's, I guess I let the cat out of the bag who I think 12 should be. So, so I'm saying Sorokin would be 12 on my end. Uh, again, I think he, he's a good goalie, but I don't think he's one of those guys that that's lights out. You know, he, he's not a Vesna guy. Uh, he benefits a lot from, from a very defensively structured team. So I think that helps him out, uh, helps him out. And yeah, that's where I kind of find him on that end. At 12, I got Bennington. Okay. Bennington had a shit year. He's, mm-hmm. he has a real Matt Murray trajectory on him. He wins a cup and then he goes back to bottom half of the league. Yeah. And it's just, he's been looking nervous the past couple of years. If you kind of go back. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say that's a good one. I, I, I had Bennington coming up in that area. I think the, the, the pedigree is still what's there. I think it's still yeah. sort of in there. So that's why I didn't have him under that. But yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's an accurate still statement to bring that up because yeah. he has not been at the level that he needed to be. Yeah, Exactly. And at 11, I have Mike Smith. Okay. I think he, he had a pretty good uh, regular season, and he was the bright spot for Edmonton. Unfortunately, he couldn't get it done, but he's the last person I'm blaming for the Edmonton sweep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Mike Smith played pretty good this year. So He I have played great this year. Yeah. Well, and I think your your danger too is is his age. As awful as it is to look at it, the dude's thirty nine, right? So yeah. you're always worried about. He's already played. It is a shortened season. So how would he have played down the road in a full eighty two games? And that that's a bit of a challenge, right? So I do do think that that's a good call because he could have easily broken down. I don't think he was the reason they lost to the Jets. Yeah. You know, but he he still I, I think that's an accurate spot for it. Who do you got coming um, in at eleven? Uh, if I were to call out 11 here, I, I think I, I, you know, I, it sounds weird, but, but Soros is where I think I would be at. Cause I'm not sure about him yet. I didn't see, and, and I think he proved me wrong in the playoffs, but if we were looking at the start, I would probably call out Soros. He had a good, he had a meh year. I wouldn't say he was great because if he was great, the predators wouldn't have been in the spot they were for the majority of the year. Um, there's a lot of questions over his height because he is a he is what a six foot goalie, so he is a smaller goalie compared to the NHL size that it is now. Um, so that that's where I had it at. I had him in that area. All right, and number ten, take it away. Nedeljkovic. 
Nedeljkovic. Yeah. So I, I just don't know enough about him. I don't. I don't have. I don't have the the, the history to go off of. Right. And, and I think that that team again. I, I know I already brought up Sorokin, but I think that, uh, that I think they benefit from just a great structured team that's playing just fantastic system hockey. Yeah. Uh, I have him close, but at ten, I got Ilya Sorokin. Okay. This is where I got Sorokin coming in. Mm-hmm. I mean, mind you, he's played really, really well, but going in, he was kind of up and down. So I got it still. If you're in top 10, mm-hmm. it's not a bad spot. He's still a really talented goalie. I just, I want to see a little bit more out of him. But mm-hmm. yeah, I got Sorokin coming at 10. Number nine, I got Jack Campbell. Mm-hmm. I got Jack I, Campbell coming fair. at nine. That's fair. It's yeah, just like I still, he lets in a lot of soft goals. He's playing in front of a good team. He did play really, really well against in this Montreal series. He he played very good, but I'm still very, very hesitant on him just because, yeah, he was on that 11-game winning streak in the regular season, but I think a lot of those he got away with. Mm-hmm. He did, but that's a fair spot. And this has come from yeah. a Leaf fan. It's a fair spot. And he did play very well against Montreal, but Montreal wasn't an offensive juggernaut. It wasn't like the shots that he was facing were anything insane. So, so I think that is a very fair spot. He did play extremely well though, throughout, throughout the year. And I don't think he was a flash in the pan. I think he is showing, I think this, he, he is the nail in Freddie Anderson's coffin when it comes to being in Toronto next year, Freddie is going to be in a different spot maybe wearing an oiler jersey who knows but seattle, i think that, uh, seattle who uh, do you protect well no freddie's done freddie freddie's not freddie's is gone it, oh is he yeah, UFA? He's a ufa yeah freddie's a ufa so i think you'll see freddie someplace else so but i don't know yeah i'm with you there i think that's a fair spot jack campbell at nine uh who do Absolutely. you got coming in at nine uh if i had to look at it i would probably say grubauer we don't know what he's gonna do Right. You know, you know, yeah. I think I I put Grubauer there. So, you know, he, he, he got injured last year. So that they kind of went to Freddie Frances after that. And we're, we're in, in, uh, in a tough go. So I think that's where I would kind of slot that one. Okay. Interesting. Number eight, back to you. Number eight. Well, this, this, now we're getting into the tough ones here. Um, I'd say Tuka Rask if I had Tuka to slide Rask. that. Tuka. So I think Tuca is where I would be at because now we're getting into we're getting into brass tacks here, right? So I think Tuca is the uh, Tuca is my call on that. It's still a great spot. Uh, is not the same goalie was three to four years ago, but still, yeah. still phenomenal. I got Nedeljkovic coming in at eight. I think okay. he had a remarkable regular season, and I, if you're taking over the number one spot, even with Mrazek healthy. And he's a lot more solidified. I think there's a lot of trust in him. I think he might have had some soft games in these playoffs, but I don't know. I think he's got some game, and I got him at number eight out of all the playoff goalies. Number seven. This is where I got UC Soros. Okay. He played lights out down the stretch. He played, he almost walked Nashville into the playoffs. 
mm-hmm. he, he stood on his head and he took the number one team in the East six games. And Mike, similar to Mike Smith, he's the last person I'm blaming for. Oh yeah, he he didn't deserve anything, but yeah, he was. Yeah, he's, yeah he, he was almost, good. He almost played himself into a late candidate for the Vesna. He's he just played lights out. So I got sorrow seven. I would have put him up higher, but I mean, I think the goals in front of him were actually. <sighs> I change. I change. Yeah, I'm putting Tuka Raska at seven. Yeah, making you <laughs> there. You go. Yeah. I'm putting Tuka Raska at seven. I'm putting Tuka Raska at seven. Just because I, I talk Soros up to six, so mm-hmm. I just gave cats out of the bag. Yeah. Soros six, but I got Rask at seven, just because, like you said, he's not the goalie he once was, and I think the team in front of him has played a bigger part than Rask did in yeah. the season. Good deal. I think I've named a few more on my end since I've gone through because I'm looking yeah. at my list that I've checked off. So I think yeah. I, I think I'm down to I, I've got four. I think on my list left to say. <laughs> So, yeah, who who do you got at seven? Oh, if I had to look at seven, oh geez, who did I go back? I gotta go back a step here. Uh I think I would uh I would have said Rask, I think, as well as where I would have been at with seven, or it was either Soros or Rask were the two that I was at. I was in the same spot with you in that in that range. I know I've already spouted people off because I've been checking names off. I've got one, two, three, four left to name. <laughs> so I think I've gone through because I agreed with you on Campbell when I moved through. And then we kind of moved from there. I think I went off the rails. <laughs> yeah, I got five left, so I don't know where your four came from. I don't know. I lost somebody. So you go ahead, name your five, and we'll see if we're there. So uh, five. Top five time. Top five, Philip Grubauer. Okay. I think he's a Vesna candidate this year. He's proved playoff experience with Washington. He's been kind of battling injury the past couple of years, so we haven't really seen his best. We saw his best this year. And he's shown that a good team is even stronger than just its forward and D because the goaltending's backed it up. Yep. And yeah, I got Philip Grubauer at five. My one hesitancy with him being higher was Holtby took the net back in that playoff run. Yeah. You know, so what's going to happen there with that? So that's where I kind of held off saying, yeah, Grubauer is where it's at. He did have a good regular season. Again, he went out last year with injury, so he was out. So you can't really hold that against him. You just didn't know what he was going to do. So I think that's where, yeah. where I had that mystery of the unknown on my, on that side of things. So, but I, I, I only, I got my four, so I'll do my, I'll, I'll do my, my, my number four is Marc-Andre Fleury is where Mark I've got Andre him. Fleury. I got, yeah. I got him at four as well. Yeah. So I, I have Fleury at four pedigree, just been playing great. He, he's, yeah. he has been playing very good. So this guy is, he, he's, a better version of John Kitna when it come to the NFL cockroach just keeps on coming back, man. Like yeah. he, he think that he's done and he's gone. So the, one of my favorite uh, tweets, I think Greg Wyshynski put it out in like January when the trade deadline was going around or something like that. And he said, whisper softly, the pens trade for Mark Andre Fleury. So it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, man, that, that he's been able to do this with the, with the, yeah. with the Vegas golden Knights. So yeah, that's who I added uh, at three. Here's here's where it's gonna get spicy, man. Top three. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I got Hellebuck at three. Okay. Uh, I I'm not with you there. I've got Price at three. I've got Price at three. So I still think that that Price has that factor. He's played very well this year. 
but he was looking like he was trending down a bit. So that's where, where he had it. And I know that Hellebuck has didn't have the sexiest season this year, but, yeah. but he's still, he's a, he's just in that prime spot where he's at. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame you for that. Uh, who do you got at two? Hellebuck is my number two. So Hellebuck that's what I got. Two? Yeah, I got Hellebuck at two. I think that he's, uh, we're going to see a battle of goaltending in this next round with Winnipeg and Montreal. So oh, yeah. line up for those one, nothing games. Can't wait. <laughs> I, uh, I got Vasilevsky at two. Really? Oh, wow, man. You're coming in with a hot take there at, yeah. at, at number one. And I got Carey price at one just yeah. because come playoff time, he turns into a different human. And I don't know. He just, he brings that, just like him under pressure, it's like he doesn't know what pressure is. And I don't know. He's just like he brings that confidence that I want in my yeah. goalie. And yeah. like obviously Vasilevsky, I think he's the best goalie in the league right now. But come playoff time, I don't want any other goalie besides Carey Price. Yeah. I don't know. Vasilevsky's just damn. He's, he's out of this world right now. That's why I have yeah. him at number one. He's just yeah. he is he was best goalie. He, he's I would not be shocked if he didn't win the Vesna this year. The guy's won a cup. He he knows what needs to be done. He is yeah. just he's phenomenal. So fair enough. I don't think any of those could be in uh were wrong calls. Oh yeah. I mean we had the same top three, but just all in different order. But there we go. I think it's a pretty respectable list on our parts, but this was a very long episode. And thank you guys for staying and listening. If you did make it through the whole thing, but Uncle Chris. Hey, thank you for is, having me, buddy. I this appreciate is a blast. it. This is yeah, a, blast. a great time. I am sorry about your Leafs. This is a tough one to eat. It's gonna, dude. It's the, it's a being a Leaf fan, man. Yeah. Anything less <laughs> wouldn't it wouldn't have been expected. They should. They, they're supposed to lose. They're not supposed yeah. to win. <laughs> so oh. whatever. The the official saying of the Toronto Maple Leafs: "There's always next year." So we'll see what happens. So I'm looking oh, forward yeah. to sports radio in Toronto tomorrow. So we'll see how it oh, goes. Got to tune into that. It's going to be yeah. hot take central. <laughs> oh yeah. It's going to be amazing. But thank you guys for listening. Uh, be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple podcasts to help grow the show. Yeah. Uh, follow all the socials on Instagram and Twitter. And as for myself, Uncle Chris, Thank you again for coming on. This is a really, really fun episode and conversation. And Absolutely. we will see you guys next time. I just gotta let go. Went from ducking and fucking and now I got put in the friend zone. There's no need for discussion. I just really love how you get low. But I'm dipping, I'm cutting the shorty and we're being ten toes, ten toes. I, I just gotta let go. Call me a Benzo. Pay it all cash. I won't take no rentals. Killing my